Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. This is another midweek review from us here at Scuff. This time I've got Greg with me. Greg, how are you? Doing all right, Bells. I think we can keep this short and sweet, which I know is our MO uh, when we talk about <laughs> soccer, uh, because it wasn't that long of a list of players this week. I feel like uh, without the championship in action, um, with some of our some of our like the a lot of the uh, EPL teams are on break. So yeah, uh, yeah there was a little championship. The there was a little bit championship action. There was yeah, there was just a lone game. So I don't even I didn't even check to see because sometimes the schedule would be like you know we like match day four is what it'll say on one of these makeup weeks. So I don't know if that's what uh, Norwich had going on or if it was just a one off for them. I don't know, and I can't be bothered to investigate. <laughs> So we like you said, we are going to get in the weeds. But first of all, I got to say up front that this getting in the weeds on performances is my heart's not in it completely, at least not today, because I'm sort of observing in myself a gradual process of release where I'm like releasing myself to the World Cup and sort of the magic of it. We're not going to get better as a team between now and then. We're not going to play again. Uh, it's just time to dream and hope. And see what happens. That's not, that's kind of how I'm, that's how I'm feeling this morning. Dream it, dream and hope, but no, no, not worry. There's no, there's no anxiety hidden under there, bubbling. I've worried so much over the last, you know, three years. I don't know how much worry I have left in me. No, it's totally fair. I think I think it's at the very least the worry has totally shifted uh, from what it was three years ago to what it is on the eve of World Cup 2022. What's the big worry? I mean, the the big worry now is that uh, the very good players that we have just won't play very well together in, in the tournament. Right, right. And that our left center back is going to give up like six six goals in the, in the group stage by <laughs> that's himself. Another, that's another worry. That's another worry. The thing with the, our good players not being able to play well together is we're not going to get any positive data on that question between now and November 21st. So might as well just I might as well just rip Van Winkle it and go to sleep until November twenty first and see what happens. That's I guess that's what I'm thinking. As for left center back, we did have some action uh, this middle of the week. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers and Celtic drew Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, CCV. I'll just give a few things and then we can get into it. But CCV's the you know he's one of those left center back options, one of the better ones I think. At least that's what we have thought for a while. At least what I have thought. Anyway, he got caught upfield on Shakhtar's goal. A good strike by Mikhailo Mudrik. Uh, a good player, Mudrik is. But so he was this a, game. If he's not a good player, then then we're in more trouble. He <laughs> he made Celtic and CCV a few times uh, look pretty average. No, I saw there's some like there's just transfer rumblings around him. I think he's a good player. Um, he's putting up numbers for yeah. for anyone who doesn't follow. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, I think he's putting up like a goal and a half a game. They don't have his ghost numbers, um, but yeah. but through through four hundred minutes, yeah, he's he's putting up one point six two goals plus assists per match. Wow, that's that's non pen. So uh, so his his numbers are pretty absurd for for his league play in in Ukraine. He passes the eye test. I mean, we've seen CCV against Real Madrid and Vinicius Junior and. I don't know. I, I think it's uh, Mudrik looks good. Uh, 
but the only reason I only mentioned the caught up field on Shakhtar's goal just to be you know thorough. He it was he was caught up field because it was a set piece. He did get back, um, but just couldn't close on Mudrik fast enough after he shook the other guy and, and Mudrik came across the came across the top of the the box and then blasted one from twenty yards. An excellent goal. Got to kind of tip your cap. Yeah, CCV uh, worked really hard to get back. Uh, got probably over pursued just slightly, but not so badly that. Uh, he was completely out of the play. He overpursued to the point that when Mudrik cut in, he had a little shooting window. CCV recovered to even close a significant portion of the goal off. And the uh, screamer from Mudrik went kind of just over Joe Hart's right shoulder. That's Joe Hart, uh, not England starter against us in the 2010 World Cup. <laughs> yep, still around, still around. Um, CCV, CCV did get caught a little flat-footed earlier when Mudrik ran in behind him uh, for a through ball. Uh, yeah. Do you want to? Do you have anything to say about that one? It, it was. It's just a pitch control moment, and uh, it it wasn't like Shakhtar weren't outnumbering Celtic. They just kind of had control of the ball in sort of the left channel um, without much pressure, and it was just a, a guy on the left channel able to pick his head up and in their little half court offense just hit a ball between CCV and the right fullback. Uh, in behind CCV that uh, Mudrik just ran onto. So, I mean, there's no really way around it. Like, CCV just didn't control that space and didn't control the the runner, didn't control Mudrik's run. Um, and Mudrik ran onto the ball, and it was a very alert play from Joe Hart to come out, close the angle down, make a really good save. Uh, Joe Hart, Keith, not England starter at the 2010 <laughs> World Cup. That would be that Joe Hart, correct? So, um, CCV kind of had some more blushes spared there um and then that play gets even more forgotten about as we get later into the game uh and mudrick once again uh contributes to ccv's woes just an amazing sequence this one we're about to talk about um it starts with shakhtar playing it around the back and they somebody i don't know who plays a plays a cross field ball kind of to nobody uh across his own box across shakhtar's box but nobody from celtic sort of intercepts it I think I don't think it was intended for Mudrik, but it it falls to Mudrik's feet. He makes a he flicks it real quickly out to the left back, and then makes a run in behind, and he gets played into space. CCV is the only one with a chance at intervening. Mudrik is quick, as you can see on the on the video if you if you watch the game or the highlights, and um, CCV gets there, makes a desperate sliding challenge, gets there late, and Mudrik hurdles him, and he's in. In on goal, pretty much. And he leaves CCV for dead. He squares teammate Danilo Sikon in front of goal for an open net. And he misses it. It's got to be one of the worst misses of the of the season so far. Um, kind of guided, just kind of guided it over the end line with his left foot. Uh, and I'm not really sure what happened. Oh, this, I mean, it is comic. We'll, we'll get to CCV's choice here in a bit, but uh, I love this sequence, right? So <laughs> CCV is skinned and it's, it's Mudrik kind of barreling down sort of that left edge of the box towards goal by himself. Um, he's got that one runner seek on level with him, uh, the eventual shooter. There's one trailing defender who's trying to catch up after CCV goes to ground. And then there's one more trailing attacker after that, uh, that you don't really expect to get involved. Now, the defender who maybe could have done something here, um, in my opinion, he makes the wrong play and he makes the wrong play trying to catch Mudrik to, to deny a shot. He's never going to get there in time. Um, so what he probably should do is just hope for the best that Joe Hart from that angle 
can make another big save and at least take away that square ball to deny the open net tap in. He doesn't do that. He goes sliding in late, doesn't prevent anything um, other than just, you know, eliminating himself from any further action. Uh, but now we get to the fun part, which is the square to Sakan. And so Sakan <laughs> is all alone. Uh, the ball is like ever so slightly behind him as he's running, you know, in on on goal. Yep. Um, but whatever, like he has all the time in the world. And sometimes with that much time, you get caught between two minds. Do I just hit it first time? It's a little behind me. It's awkward. Or do I settle it? And that's what it looks like happens here. Sakan kind of takes like a settling touch with his left as he turns his hips backwards a little bit. Um, but that settling touch also kind of goes towards the goal. And in the end, it was neither thing. And it wasn't on frame. And it just trickles over the end line. Uh, I'm going to make the case for a third choice here from Sakan. The technically probably incorrect, but aesthetically perfect one. And that would have been, as that ball's coming in a little bit behind him, to just keep his hips square to Modric in the ball. Just kill it right where it hits him and just backpedal out of the way for that last trailing attacker now who's all by himself to just come in and thump it into the open net because that would have been the perfect sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's never, it was never going to happen. It, that's that, that kind of thing is almost, that's like colder than a Panenka at oh, the yeah. end of a, of a penalty shootout. Like uh, it's, it's uh, otherworldly. It would have made every best team goal comp for like the next couple of years. And instead Sagan's going to go on every worst miss comp for the next 20 years. Uh, but yes, um, not great for, for CCV. Our, for our purposes, yeah. <laughs> CCV, CCV's got to, um, you know, he's got to time that better. Or just not, you know, the game is 1-1 late. I, you got to, like, be, play it a little safer. Because um, he can, he had, he had time to, to sort of run into the path of Mudrik, stand him up. He, he didn't have to go for that, you know, hero challenge. And yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work out. It, yeah. it, it, it's funny to watch Celtic after the after the miss too. You're kind of like, Ugh, what do we do now? <laughs> I can't believe they missed that. We do not deserve to still be level here. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I know Mudrik was is fast, but I think from that distance, I mean, it was it, there were still fifty up forty yards from goal. I think CCV has to just bank on himself to to be able to stay with the man and. Uh, you know, just shepherd him into a less dangerous scenario than what ended up playing out because, you know, Mudrik's still going to be having to control the ball while he's advancing. So, yeah, totally the wrong choice of it. Even if he fouls him, even if he does clean him out, it's probably a red. Yeah, look like it's a not, red. It's not necessary. Like, you don't have to go in there. This isn't like a... With CCV catching up, it's not an obvious goal-scoring situation. Like, uh, as long as CCV just stays on his feet. So, wrong choice. Um, Celtic are eliminated with a the draw. They're eliminated from your, your uh, Europa competition. Like the third place team in the group goes to Europa League playoff. Um, Celtic now eliminated from that. Shakhtar still uh, with a chance to actually advance. Uh, but at the worst, they'll go to your, your, the Europa stage. Uh, so that's it for Celtic. And we'll, when we get to Rangers, we'll find out that's it for Rangers too. Um, so Celtic and Rangers like overachieved enough to get to the Champions League and embarrass themselves kind of so badly that they're now out of European competition altogether. Yeah. So also I would say some alarm bells for the CCV coalition. You know, he's for, in my mind, he is the, he is a solution at left center back because he is reliable and, you know, defends resolutely and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Obviously this game is some data contrary to that. And, and then he also had some problems versus, uh, versus hearts over the weekend um he conceded a penalty for the equalizer right at the death in the first half um 
I somewhat questionable decision from the ref after video review, but not an obviously wrong one. So that's a mark against him yeah, against CCV. Whether it's like technically a penalty or not kind of doesn't matter. It was naive to kind of go in on a ball that again, not instantly dangerous. So the last thing as a defender you want to do is turn a not particularly dangerous moment into a uh, 0.7 XG chance for the opponent. Right. And then, um, he got he got beat on the third heart goal, I think, or was it? I forget which goal it was. Second heart goal. One of the heart goals. He got beat. A ball fizzed across. A, cr- a ball fizzed across the the six, and he just gets he just gets beaten to it by the attacker. He you know he lifts his hand as the ball goes into the net to say it's offside, but it wasn't offside. He just the guy just darted around him and got his foot in there and and uh, bundled it home. He also got dribbled around pretty easily another time early in the first half. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he he does good stuff. He blocks some shots and some crosses. He was he's very strong in duels, aerial duels. But it's it's ah, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know who should if if Chris Richards isn't healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that we have a good option at left center back outside of maybe Tim Ream and John Brooks. I, th- I think like Tim Ream's music is playing here, right? Like, because uh, so, CCV is is looking worse against much better competition than some of the other options who are looking bad <laughs> are playing against. Um, but that's sort of small consolation, right? And and when you have Tim Ream, who at, at the very least isn't just being pants routinely playing every weekend against better teams um, than anyone else, uh, I, th- I think it's hard to it's hard to say. Like, regardless of fit at this point, like. It doesn't matter if somebody fits well if they get pantsed doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. So I, th- I think you almost have to just default back to Tim Ream or if, if John Brooks can actually play a couple of games and, and just show that he's got some the, the cardio for 90 minutes. Uh, one of those two guys. I think you just have to. Yeah, it'll probably be Ream if it's either of them. Uh, I had somebody email me late last night say, quit talking about John Brooks. He's not. Uh, it's not going to happen. He wouldn't fit with the team anymore. Uh, and he hasn't, he's been out of favor for two years and, you know, I quibble with some of the facts, but I do understand that there's probably some listeners who are tired of me bringing up John Brooks, but two years, come on. He was playing in September. He was playing in September a year ago. I know. I I made that point. I made that point. (laughs) He he started 29 games for Wolfsburg last year. He was... He was he was in favor there. I, he's not. He's obviously not playing at Benfica right now. So there's no two ways. There's no way around yeah. that. No. Well, and if you're if you're saying time away from the group, like Tim Ream and John Brooks stopped playing with the group at the exact same time. So if if, if it's because they've been out of the group for long, then then I guess Ream also is not an option. I think that'd be silly. I think if either of those guys uh, can solve a problem for you, you you try to you try to solve that problem. Yeah. I do think it's more likely we'll see Reem than Brooks. Um, Reem and Baralter seem like they've always had a pretty good relationship. But I guess we'll see. We'll see on November 9th, big party in New York City for the roster release, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it'll be on TV somewhere, I suppose. Let's let's go ahead. No, that, I mean, that that's the outstanding question, right? It's going to be the PFOC question. And then the the center back question: Do we bring in one of those two uh, high level players? And I say high level because they have Green and Brooks have both demonstrated the ability to play at a very high level, whereas really no one else has. Like CCV has been uh, measured several times in European play last year in, in the Europa League, and now this year in Champions League, 
and he's been found wanting at that level, right? Like we know he is not there. Uh, he's been good in the championship. He's been good for Celtic uh, on a team that's always going to dominate its domestic competition. Um, but he's never shown at the level higher than that, right? So we're hoping that Chris Richards can get back to healthy because he's at least shown, you know, in spurts that he can play at the uh, at a Bundesliga level. Um, for but sure. But yeah. but yeah, otherwise we are just we are just picking between some very mediocre options that have not been covering themselves in glory of late. What is Jay Demerit up to right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's it's funny. I'm, when we talk about the 2010 game, when we recap that England game, I'm for sure I was going to like make the Demerit comparison because I feel like CCV is what Demerit was, right? That just attentive defender, no nonsense, just do whatever you can to protect the goal. Uh, and that is for me, that is CCV. So that's what I'm hoping he can be is our 2022 Jay Demerit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to recap that tonight, uh, and publish it sometime in the next 10 days or so. Uh, Bocanegra at left back, man, he was good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, Giovanni Reina versus Manchester city. He went 87 minutes in a zero, zero draw with the world's best team. I think arguably, uh, did some cutting stuff, like cutting edge stuff in the first half very early. And then he had a shot from the left side of the box that was decent, but not enough to trouble the keeper. Kind of a carbon copy of the shot he took to score over the weekend against Stuttgart, um, but didn't hit it, hit this one as well. Yeah. Incidentally, he had another opportunity earlier, like two minutes earlier, where Adeyemi could have squared it for him in a similar situation, and he didn't. Um and then, of course, Reyna gesticulated. <laughs> um, and then the next time they came down out of Yemi was like very careful to pick out Gio Reyna <laughs> across the box. And then Reyna, Reyna kind of scuffed the shot a little bit. Um, in the second half, I would have liked to see him kind of interrogate the defenders around him a little more. But, he, you know, he's a little bit, I don't know if tentative is the right word, but played backwards a lot. Um, and although he did play a lovely clipped ball to Adeyemi at the back post in the second half, which was kind of the highlight of the game for him, I would say. Part of that's just the nature of this game, right? Like this was very much a shadow boxing event because Man City knew that 0-0 wins them the group. Dortmund knew that 0-0 uh, secured advancement to the next round. There was just no reason for either team to really try to interrogate each other. That, that uh, I mean, Adeyemi was... Adeyemi was Definitely interrogating Cancelo over on the right side. I mean, Cancelo and um, who was the center back? I forget. We're just, I mean, he was running in behind him, getting all kinds of joy over there. But, but yeah, you're right. It was a 0-0 draw is a good result for both sides. Yeah, they both take it and they get to rest up next uh, next leg. So um, so the, the big thing, though, that was Reyna went 87 minutes, right? That's yeah. huge for our purposes because oh. we've, everyone, the, I mean, the discussion is, basically just been there's no way Reina can start games for us like we shouldn't expect him to let's just bank on him coming off the bench but if he can start like he absolutely should because he's our best player and it's much better to have him on the field for 70 minutes than 30 minutes whoa 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 what did you just say I'm, i don't don't we don't need to quibble about best player he he <laughs> we are better excuse me greg <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt Turner's our best player. Gio Reyna is our second best player, and he needs to be on the field for 70 minutes instead of 30 if that is an op- a possibility. It looks like, knock on wood, that it's an, it's an option uh, now. 
because he's he started and went what 67 minutes against Stuttgart over the weekend went 87 minutes against Man City a few days later no no word of any kind of injury and now we're what uh three weeks from the World Cup so so he can keep ramping I'm hoping that he comes off the bench over the weekend and then he doesn't need to necessarily start that last uh dead rubber in the Champions League so I'm, I'm hoping that they now use him sparingly and then maybe start him one more time before the World Cup okay well, anyway, that's fantastic news. His health, his fitness is fantastic news. And he he does, even though I wouldn't say it was an amazing performance from him against Man City, he still looks very good. Looked very good. Yeah, and very few people have amazing performances against Man City. Right. They're a hard team to look amazing against. Yep, 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 yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Wes McKenney versus ben, Benfica. Uh, just get it out of the way. John Brooks did not play. Uh McKenney scored a goal in a scramble and I think did some assured work in possession. Uh, not a, I think a solid outing from him. And then the, the, maybe the highlight of the game outside of the goal for him was that lovely, a lovely touch with his left foot to cancel a guy down the, down the right wing. Did you see that one? No, I, mean, gets, I need someone to clip it. I'm surprised Vince hasn't put that out there yet. Uh, yeah, I, I clipped it, but I didn't put it anywhere. Um, he gets a ball. It's a, a ball that's about chest high, played sort of in the direction of the def, the right, the left back who was marking McKenny, and McKenny just reaches out with his left foot and uh, and touches it around the guy to the inside, and then runs around him, around to the right. It's very, it's very lovely. He's he's kind of in, and then his his cross, his cross that he plays across the box gets uh, gets cut out, and then. Everybody for Juventus is kind of mad at him that the cross gets cut out. Um, Juventus eliminated from advancing into the Champions League, and they'll actually like have to earn it to get into the Europa League because Josh Cohen and Maccabi Haifa uh, are level on them with points, and Juventus have PS- PSG to go. So, uh, what a disaster! Yeah, <laughs> where like. They they really need Pirlo back in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, they need you know they need Zidane and yeah. I'm in his manager. I don't. Oh, I mean, they oh. need to, maybe maybe a little bit uh, premature to let Pirlo go. Del Piero would probably help. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it, it. I have mixed feelings about it because if if they lose Allegri, then they lose a manager who just absolutely loves Weston McKinney. But I mean, they're going to, they keep playing like this. It doesn't matter. He's, he's fine for the world cup and he will find if, if Juventus isn't going to be his long-term home, he's going to find a place that he can contribute because he has enough tools. Um, like he has a, a sort of like a weirdly unique collection of tools that someone will make good use of him. He is. He does have a weirdly unique collection of tools. Um, as Waki always says on the Monday reviews, we're going to win. At, we're going to win a game at the World Cup if he scores a header. And if it, it feels, as far as predictions go, it feels as, about as good as any. Um, Pulisic versus Salzburg. Got the game-winning assist. Uh, Chelsea did, Chelsea won 2-1. should mention uh, Juventus lost 4-3 to Benfica. They were down 4-1 at one point. So back to Chelsea Salzburg. Uh, Pulisic had a hand in the build-up to both goals. Not a scintillating performance for him, but he, do, he does look bright. And bursty, don't you think? Even at wingback. <laughs> wingback. So, yeah, so we got we to gotta stop using position names at this point and just use full paragraph descriptions of what he was playing. Uh, 
he looked he, he looked good. He looked bursty. He looked um, composed and controlled, which I think is a huge thing. He didn't look uh, bereft of ideas. He wasn't a head down dribble until you lose it. Right. Uh, player. Looks like he could maybe start at the World Cup. <laughs> Unless Adam Bells and Bobby Warshaw have anything to say about it. Christian Pulisic might still start at the World Cup. Um, I mean, it's not crazy. Like, you know, when Warshaw did his bit a couple years ago, the options were Pulisic or Corey Baird. Um, I think there's I think there's at least inklings of like uh, reason, Bells, in your in your Christian Pulisic super sub stance um, because Gio Reyna is outrageous. And Tim Weah did things Tim Weah did for us in qualifying and right now is doing them for Lille. Um, so there's at least there's at least a grain of rationale there that I'm going to give you. Thanks. Yeah, I I uh, I probably shouldn't have said that on Twitter. Honestly, it was a, it was a bad idea, <laughs> but uh, I can't back down from it now. And I and <laughs> I guess I just have to caveat it by saying. It's very marginal, like. Pulisic when he Pulisic when he is like when he is on one of his hot streaks has to start. The problem is he hasn't been uh and I know you don't really believe in hot streaks, but there's like different little, ways I mean, that yeah, Pulisic plays. And the way he played for us through most of qualifying, uh, you, you got to say like I, at least the way I look at it is way offered something very unique on the right wing and um and did it so well that he he became our most important attacking player in the absence of Giovanni Reina. Um, now we have Reina back healthy. He is, he does control the space around him in a way that I think even Pulisic doesn't. That's a, I don't even need to try to sound smart that way and say it. I just think Reina's like, I think he is our best player. Now he hasn't, you know, he's not as, as proven as Pulisic, but so I think um, you got Reina tucking in with Anthony bombing on the left or off the left of him. And then you have way out wide with Serginio tucking inside of him on the right side. And um, it works pretty well. It would, it could still work pretty well if it's, if it's Reyna and Pulisic, which I think is probably what it will be at the world cup. Um, and I'll be fine with that. I'll be totally happy with that. Yeah. I'm just talking about a, a marginal, uh, I think a marginal difference. And, you know, people are free to disagree, and they do. Many, many, <laughs> many people do disagree. It's a credit to Tim Weah, too, because of what he's done for the U.S. And, again, hopefully what he's doing and will continue to do with Lille, um, which is he's, he's on an attacking tear in very limited substitute minutes. Uh, but yeah. it, it, it definitely creates this issue because, you know, if you need to have Weah on the field and, and dropping pool sick just seems crazy, um, you know, there are definitely ways where you can fit all three of those guys in, the, in a front five, which we, we tend to do. Um, and it, it could involve dropping one of the center midfielders, whether that's uh, Musa McKenney or Adams. Um, that just is going to create another firestorm of conversation. The the huge, like the huge uh, crime here is that Giovanni Reina was not fit for the entire time that we needed him to experiment through this stuff to figure out what the actual best configuration is. Um, and so, what we're left with is like. We don't want to tinker with MMA necessarily because that sets a really nice floor for a World Cup to start a game with. Yeah, um, that's my so, view of it. Like, it's uh, tinkering with MMA is is just a little too tricky for me. Yeah, there's there's that risk involved. Even though, like, I'm, I'm definitely open to the possibility that Reina in that midfield would make us better overall. It's a gamble, right? That it, that it works and doesn't blow up in our faces defensively and. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So this is what we're left with. We're just left with a, a firestorm of opinions on 
which of the undroppable players is going to get dropped. Yep. Anything else on Pulisic? Uh, just the assist. Like, I don't really believe in assists as a counting stat. Like, expected assists is, is pretty useful. But um, the the positive here isn't necessarily that, you know, the, the shot that Havertz ends up with that goal. The positive is that Pulisic, again, draws a bunch of people to him with his control, with his, the threat that he poses. Yep. And then, instead of losing it in a dead end, releases the ball to an open player in a very good attacking spot. Whether Havertz shoots from there and scores or you know, does another soccer action and creates a 2v1 somewhere else. I don't care. Pulisic creates that uh, moment for Havertz to operate in, and that's huge for us. And if you can imagine him doing the same thing for Gio, Rana, Gio Reyna or Timmy Weah, like those are, that's a really good outcome. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it, the, the, the assist is a, is a tad noisy because ha- Havertz hits a really, really nice left-footed shot. But yeah, like you said, he, he drew the attention of three defenders before squaring it for him. Yeah, crucially releases it before those three players easily dispossess him. All right, moving on to the championship, uh, a little bit lower level of competition. Sargent versus Burnley. Burnley won one to zero on a penalty. Not a great outing. I feel like I've said this about every player so far, <laughs> but also not a bad one. Mostly he's just winning long balls from that sort of target winger position and laying them off. In this game, I do think, I mean, for those of you who haven't been watching Sargent, his, his ability in those moments is pretty impressive at this point in his career. I don't know that you could have said that about him a year or two ago, but he is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real presence physically. The, the, the real question for me is why is, why, are they, why is Pookie playing in the middle and he playing out wide? I, I, I know that that sounds like homerism, and I always sort of discounted it as that, but you watch him now. Pookie's not winning anything in the air. He is pretty good at beating people around the corner. Um, I don't understand why why they're why they're playing all their long balls to a winger just so well, that Pookie can play center like forward. A, if this is a new trend because I don't follow the full trends in the game well enough because we're locked into our U.S. bubble. Um, but you know there is a there is an element to floating that ball up to a target winger uh, instead of a, a striker. The striker's got to deal with whichever center back chooses to go for it. And then the other center back is going to drift behind to clean anything up. Whereas the winger has sort of protection from the sideline and they're just going to be dealing with one man, right? Sergeant, whenever he's going up to get that ball, has one man with him. And so he, it, what's impressive is sometimes he just controls it flat out, right? Like yeah. He literally just controls it. Other times he just like is able to knock it into a space where his team has a slight advantage to win the second one, um, which is also useful. We saw the U.S. do this a little bit last window to Jordan Morris. Um, with a little bit of effectiveness in that second half against Japan. And so I think emphasis on the words a little bit. Yeah, a little bit um, more effective than whatever we we're doing in the first half. But, yeah. but this this idea of, uh, you know, having that player out there with that physical presence, not to run in behind, but just to hold off a player, hold off a fullback sometimes who's again generally a smaller, not a six, five brute. Um, there might be there might some people might have just found some value in that. Yeah, I mean that that definitely describes this game for Sargent. He was up against a, a left back who was pretty small, and he was dominating him. But kind of interesting here because like uh, this game for me for Sargent reminded me a ton of his first three games for Norwich in the championship. And you know, no one was like he's doing fine. He was basically doing fine in those games too. But you can't just put a whole season of those games together when you go down a level into the championship and have it be a good year. But when you have this kind of a game as your floor surrounded by a bunch of other games where you've been very good. Uh, this one doesn't seem as dire. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, 
I don't know. I still don't know how much or to what, you know, to what extent Berhalter rates Sergeant. It's kind of hard to tell, but, uh, he's, he continues to look good. He'd be a, he'd be a totally fine starter against Wales. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to plagiarize Bob Morocco here, who I think was plagiarizing Pep Guardiola. Um, but the, uh, the sort of textbook response to Wales is five, four, one formation, um, is to hit him back with like a, a two, one, two, three, two. Which is, you know, is, I, I get all these numbers I'm listing might sound like gibberish. Um, that's kind of like our two, three, five. It's just kind of the way you set it up would, uh-huh. have, would have more of like a two high presences. Um, and Josh Sargent gives you, if you start him in that game, that gives you a lot more flexibility to leave him high uh, as one of those sort of two up top to occupy their center back players. So who would the other one be? I mean, so at that point you can get fancy with it, right? It could be Pulisic. It could be. It could be Wea. It could be. It, it's probably not going to be Gio Reyna, but Gio Reyna would settle into the center of that three underneath yeah. those two. So he'd end up being the guy with the most space to operate in, as the center backs are occupied and the wing backs are occupied. Yep. Yeah, I don't see a place for Christian Pulisic in that two one <laughs> he'd be two high. three he'd two. Easily be high. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Behind. I'm kidding. Everybody. All right, James Sands and Malik Tillman played uh, Napoli, Napoli's reserves, I guess. Uh, lost 3-0. So Rangers Rangers are also not going to be in European competition after this, uh, after this next leg of Champions League. I thought it was maybe Tillman's best performance since Rangers knocked PSV out of Champions League qualification. It, it might be. that. How, how low is that bar, though? Pretty low. <laughs> um, Rangers weren't doing much, right? This was Napoli in pretty, pretty, pretty much uh, full control of the match. But I'll say, you know, this this is probably enough to clear that bar for me. Malik Tillman's moment at like the forty minute mark, uh, where he totally rinsed a Napoli center back to get completely beyond him in the box. Uh, it got me to perk up a little bit. He he's capable of that. He can do it. Um, I thought he had a, quite a few good moments. A few Germ, German Wiggins, American Wiggins has the um, has the comp on Twitter. I don't know if we get that kind of performance, or if we get that Tillman, that version of Tillman for ten minutes off the bench, we probably should bring him to the World Cup. Is how I look at it. Again, I'm not going to object to him at all because the 26 spot is is sort of a pointless spot. Um, even even with that little moment that I was like, okay, all right, Malik. Um, I'm still not going to be like excited to see his number go up and pool six number in red in the 10th minute, in the 80th minute of a game where we need a goal. Right. I'm going to be like, no, right. just leave Christian. But if there's a COVID outbreak and we are down six players and Malik becomes like the wild card now that we really need to bring in, then it's like, okay, fair enough. If, if we're running Josh Sargent on one wing and we need a moment of magic in the 80th minute, Tillman for Sargent makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, Sands didn't play, right? He's kind of, he's kind of out of the, kind of out of the picture there. Don't think Sands is in the picture for the U.S. So, um, hope he does well. Um, they're not going to have. Yeah, he's he's playing in, he's playing in Scotland the rest of the season. He's a professional soccer player <laughs> in Scotland, and I, I bet I bet life isn't so bad. Uh, Sergio Dest is hurt for Milan. I, th- I thought I said something about muscle fatigue. Probably not that hurt. Hopefully, fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah, so he didn't dress, uh, and we'll just we'll just wait for that report for the weekend. Yep. And then two other quick 
items uh, in Europa League action today. Jordan Pifak faces Braga. Sounds like Matt Turner will not be in goal for Arsenal against PSV. He has a slight injury as well. Um, uh, Richie Ledesma will be on the bench. You know, roll the dice six times. He probably gets on the field two of them. That sounds about right. Pifak, though, uh, they're playing for it. They've, they're in they're in third point behind Braga. So um, is that how you pronounce it? I don't I don't know any Portuguese. Braga, I think, is good okay. enough. Yeah. So uh, they can they can still they can still get into second in the group. It's gonna it's gonna come down to what they do today, basically. Braga's pretty good too. So they're, uh, they're they're one of the big three in Portugal. Is it okay to call them a big three? Am I leaving out Sporting? Is is that? I guess Sporting is kind of yeah. I don't know. Uh, but Braga's right up there. It's right up there. Um, no, last thing I'll say is no Mexican Americans on El Tri's World Cup roster. They're they uh, they announced it. Not a big surprise. I think Ju- Julian Araujo is the only one who even had an outside chance, and he was passed over not just for the roster, but for the 15-man practice squad that they're up against. That's just just saying that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. I don't know. Yeah, so the, the question for me is, you know, you can jump to did they make the wrong decision? Would Would any of those guys be on our... Uh, final would Julian Araujo be our backup right back? I think he would have a chance. Yeah, his yeah. name would be in the hat, right? Yeah, because he could play stay at home right back too, couldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I could get him in. All right. Well, we wish him the best um, <laughs> as he continues to try to be an L tree player. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the talk from the Araujo Ochoa camp back in the day was that you know they're not appreciated for the for the you know elite elite talents they are by the the u.s soccer federation yeah but mexico gets it <laughs> so well maybe tata's just picking the wrong players who knows i i do we're oh by the way we're gonna i'm gonna have john arnold on tomorrow to talk yes. about do a big a big old conca catch up and um you're we'll talk about that you're a machine also hey by the way so if you have any, you know, jump in the Discord and uh, hit me in pod chat with questions you want me to ask John Arnold or topics you want me to cover. I'm always looking for that. And um, just as importantly, I'm going to get Ryan March from Alternative Wales, which is uh, actually a pretty fun podcast. You should look it up uh, and try to listen to their their um, international soccer stuff. He, I was on a different podcast with him, and he was great. He was re- really fun to talk to. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have him on next Thursday. And uh, I, if you have any ideas for topics or questions to ask him about Wales, that all important Wales game, uh, you know, email me, send a pigeon, uh, whatever, send, put it on the Discord. I'm look, I'm looking for help with that, uh, with that episode too. Anybody, anything else, Greg? No, we are good here. That was a- okay. Quick and dirty, short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you.